past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to the Career Confidant. We're excited to have you here today and we are going to be talking about how you can get the most out of your career. And I'm excited to have Elizabeth um, Sanders Park on the show today because Elizabeth, we've known each other for this 15 plus years that you've yeah. been training <laughs> employment practitioners and you just have this great opportunity and great energy that you bring all this experience to people. You've written No One's Unemployable. You've written the eight reasons, there are six reasons you'll get the job. And now this new book that we're going to be talking about today with reclaiming your motivation for a job and other good things in life, that career mojo. So thank you so much for joining me today. It is such a pleasure to be with you again, Marie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what this mojo means and why right now is the best time for people to start reclaiming it. So I've been coaching individuals in career transition, often from difficult situations for more than 15 years, as Marie said. And I've done a lot of work with people around their motivation. And it turns out that when we think strategically about work, which we really don't do enough of here in America, we often ask ourselves the questions, what do I want to do and where do I want to do it? And of course, we're always thinking about how much I need to make. But there is this question sort of at the heart of the matter, why do I work? And we don't often entertain that. And so this book is really about helping all of us get to that central piece of why do I work? And we all work for different reasons. That's so right. And we all bring that motivation every day or we don't. And that's what's been happening more recently, right? With the great resignation, becoming the great regret, becoming the great reset, (laughs) that people are really struggling with maybe a shift in why they work. This is such a unique moment. Yes, in our lifetime, we've never seen anything like this. For so many of us, whether we are happily employed unhappily employed or searching for work, we've sort of got the memo that work is good, that we should be working. That's what fine upstanding people do. And that's been sort of the cultural norm. And it's interesting because I work with a lot of adults and professionals and we're looking around and sort of pointing the finger and saying, this generation that's coming up behind us, they seem to think that work is optional and we're confused by it and we're frustrated by it. But if we're being honest, we're also a little bit jealous, right? That that perhaps this moment in history, this great reset could be a time for us to ask different questions about work. And a lot of us have been driving many miles away from our families and our homes and flying away from our children to make the world a better place. 
right? And we've had work-life balance, putting work first and sort of fitting life around it. And I think we're, we're wondering, could we choose again? What really is important? And could I have a life-work balance where I prioritize life and sort of build around that? And part of the question we're asking is, is about what motivates me to work? What drives me to do it? And what do I need or want to get in exchange for it? Mm, yeah, such deep questions. And that is part of why you're talking about this, right? It, that mojo. It's not just about a catchy term, right? But it is. It's fun to think about our mojo. But talk a little bit more about where that mojo comes from. Yeah, when I began to put the book together, and I'm, I think about motivation a lot, when I coach someone, I'm really watching them and listening to them, sort of even watching their energy, what lights their eyes up and what makes them angry, what do they tend to talk about or be drawn to, what do they want to sort of move away from, so really watching and listening, because Mojo in my terms, it stands for your motivation for your job and other good things in life. And originally, I was thinking just motivation for your job. But the whole point is we are so much more than what we do. So, it's your job and other good things. And that motivation comes from within. We're sort of naturally wired certain ways. We have tendencies and types. And then we're taught in our families of origin and our communities what's important and sort of where where work fits into the scheme of life and how we prioritize it and other things. Um, and you can have two or three people doing the very same job, but their mojo is different. Their motivation is different. What drives them to do it, what brings them there, it's powerful, but it's personal. It's unique to them. And it's interesting because your mojo or your motivation can shift over the course of your life. So, it's not so innate that it's always static. And I think that's what's happen happening for so many of us is we've experienced things that are, that are allowing us to choose again and our motivation and our priorities are shifting. Yeah, they've had to. And then we've got to find, as you said, that balance. And I kind of, it's interesting right now as we talk about balance, because if you shift too much to life, that puts things out of balance too, yeah. because we do need to have some purposeful engagement in the world, which may be paid or may not be, right? It may be volunteer. And I, I see people struggling with that balance, because if I go too far to to kind of letting go of all of that, then I flounder as well. And it really is that search for, I call it integration instead of balance, mm. because to me, it's always shifting, right? And I'm not sure I you're ever really in balance. <laughs> when I think of balance, I think almost like a teeter-totter or a seesaw. And I, I like the word blend, which is closer to integration, right? Because the way with technology, for better or worse, we can't really entirely get away from our work. And, and, and But the nice thing is that, I mean, I will say my 13-year-old, oh, she's 16. I can't believe we just said 13. My 16-year-old daughter is with me here at, at work today because she's doing online school. And so, there is much more of a blend. But the interesting thing about motivation is it's not just about work or about life. It really is who we are and what's important to us at the core of our being and how that comes out to play as we balance or integrate or blend work and life. Um, there are four questions I like to ask to help people get at their motivation. And the first one is, what drives you sort of in life? 
right? What makes you go? What do you put energy into getting or getting away from? So we really start outside of work. Don't think about work. Think of who you are as a whole human being and start there. Yeah, I love that. I was just talking to someone in a different meeting about personal branding. And although most people think about it as marketing or selling yourself, really the way that we teach personal branding is this very foundational core that you're talking about, where it's skills, it's personality, it's interests, it's also your goals, where you want to go. And then this purpose piece and values and this mojo that you're talking about almost seems like that great coming together of purpose Mm -hmm. and values in a very holistic way. What's the second question? Yeah, so (laughs) the first one is what makes you go in life. And the second one, we introduce the work piece because that's the angle, the lens through which I generally see things. And the question becomes, what motivates you to do work at all? Any, not, not a particular type of work, but work in general. So what gets you up and out the door, even if you've had a rough morning um, or you don't really feel like it? Um, what do you get from working any job that's important to you? What does a paycheck give you that is valuable to you, no matter where that paycheck sort of comes from? And what would you miss if you weren't working at all, right? So then we overlay that with a third question, which is what about specific types of work? And if you're working or you know the sort of work you want to do next, to slot that in and to say, what do I get from that particular kind of work that I wouldn't get from other types of work? What would I miss if I weren't doing that specific sort of work? So we introduce the work piece in the second and third questions. Ah, I love that. So now you're starting to put that personal together with a professional because we don't want people to be two separate beings, uh, you know, that we want them to be able to show up as themselves. There's a lot of research that shows they're more successful that way. So I love how Mm -hmm. those questions are marrying those two. In fact, we have these 10 motivational types and one of them is mission passion, which is I'm I want my work and my life to have a sense of meaning. And there is something about which I am mission-driven or passionate. And I want that to get to come to life through my work. But another one of the motivational types is outside interest. And none of them are better or worse or wronger or righter. They're just different. And knowing what's true about you today is what's important. So the other motivational type that's sort of juxtaposed to that is outside interest. And you might be outside interest if you sort of consciously use work to get the the resources, the money, the connections, um, the schedule to support other things that are simply more important to you than work. And sometimes people are outside interest, meaning they don't want to integrate it into their work. That's sort of separate. Other people are mission passion and they want to integrate it. Sometimes people are both. They're passionate about something they want to integrate into their work, but they also want to let, let it have a lot of play outside of their work. Or they're, they're passionate about one thing that they wrap their work around and passionate about other things that they really want to keep segregated. But the key here is that, that these things give them energy and motivation and let them sort of lean in and bring their best self to their work and to the rest of their life. Yeah, I love that. We are so multifaceted. And as you've said a couple of times, these things also shift over people's lifespan. People can think about when you were young and you didn't have a family yet, or maybe you did have a family when you were young, the values that you had then and the, the 
you know, motivation to work so much different than maybe when your kids go to college or whatever that might be. And we go through those different life phases and you've got to kind of refine your mojo, right? Yes. You know, I talk about reclaiming your mojo, which assumes you had it and lost it. But sometimes we're claiming our mojo. One of the things that is true about this conversation about motivation is, again, the questions we're often asked about work is what do you want to do and where do you want to do it and how much do you need to make? We are regularly not asked why. The why is assumed. And for many of us of a certain age, when someone says, well, why do you work? It's almost like, I don't understand the question. (laughs) I didn't, do I have a choice? And we don't even feel like we have a choice around it. And then the next generation is coming up and they're pulling permission. They feel like they have permission to choose on many levels how they manage work. And that is, again, sort of baffling, but also inspiring us. So whether you're claiming or reclaiming your mojo, what's happening in the world today gives us a chance to do that. And we have opportunities that we didn't have before. Yeah, and it is an exciting time, but it's also a little overwhelming. So we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we'll go through the ABCs of, of that mojo. So we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Connect with us and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking with Elizabeth Sanders-Park about getting your mojo back. And Elizabeth, this is your, your new book, and I'm excited. I haven't seen you know the inside of one yet, but you're going to show me the outside of it again as we switch over here. So share a little bit about the ABCs of getting your mojo back. The way that, the, way the book is structured, which is sort of 
the process by which we discover and make use of these things is to start from the inside out, sort of discover what seems to make you go in life toward work in general, toward specific types of work. And that fourth question is what motivates me not, what seems to motivate other people but doesn't motivate me, sort of inside out. And then we give you, uh, we do some activities that let you sort of reflect and respond to some scenarios to see what comes up for you. And then there's these 10 motivational types. But of course, knowing the 10 motivational types is not enough. So we then move into understanding each of the 10. We do the good, the bad, and the ABCs. So with each, however you're motivated, there's an upside to that, right? If you're motivated by mission and passion, clearly that brings lots of energy to the work that you do, especially when your mission is aligned with the organizational mission, the bad or the downside, the pitfalls to watch out for are if the mission of the organization shifts, your passions run high, their passions run high, and if they're not aligned, oof, that can be really challenging. So the good, the bad, and then the ABCs. And I'll share these ABCs with you now. These are ways that we can respond once we understand our motivation and really use it to build the work and the life that we love. If you are working and fairly happily so, and you want to stay there, you would do A, B, C. If you're not working and you're searching, or you're working but you're looking to get out, you would probably start with the C. So, we'll, we'll start with the A. A is to appreciate and add ways that your current job feeds your mojo. So, if I'm motivated by social interaction, work lets me do that. In fact, it pays me to interact with people. And if I choose well, then I'm interacting with people that I'm actually quite interested in. And so, if I'm feeling frustrated or lonely and not motivated on the job, I would recommend that you, A, start to appreciate every way in which your current work does feed that social motivation or the money motivation or the mission motivation and add new ways. Talk to your supervisor. Talk to your team. Are there ways that you can be involved in projects or opportunities that stoke your motivation? So, the idea here is to add and appreciate because there, there's a saying that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And if we become demotivated because there's not enough task completion or there's not enough money or there's not enough mission or there's not enough um, opportunity to create or solve, it's not feeding our motivation. We sometimes think, I need to jump ship. I need to get into another organization or move to another job. But the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. So, if we, A, appreciate and add ways that that job, the job we have, stokes our motivation, then we can make the job we have the job we love or a job we love. So, that would be the first thing. And then the second idea is B, and that is to balance it out. Work is a huge part of our life. And in Western culture, in American culture, for better or worse, we have wrapped so much of our life and our identity around our work. We sometimes forget who we are outside of work. So B is a reminder to balance it out. If you're highly social, you might make all your relationships at work because that's your tendency, but you want to cultivate solid relationships outside of work, right? If you are a creative person who loves to solve problems, maybe your job lets you do that. Maybe it doesn't. You can appreciate and add, but find other ways outside of work 
to stoke that need in you. And that will keep your energy high and your focus strong. And you'll stay motivated on the job and off the job. So that B is for balance out that need on the job and in the rest of your life. And you know, see, I think that this is, oh, I'll just, no, 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 you go on. <laughs> I think this is a really important piece right now because what I saw, and I don't know if you saw this also during COVID is that we lost those things. We yeah. couldn't participate in the church choir. We couldn't participate in the activities we were doing outside of work. And so maybe part of why we're frustrated at work is because we expected work to be everything because <gasps> even though it was virtual, it was the only thing. And now mm. we've got to find that balance and with those outside activities. And that might help us be happier even in our current job. I agree. And if you can spend some time thinking about what really motivates you and really let, reminding yourself that it can be anything. It doesn't have to be the right answer or a good answer or the answer somebody else would tell you you should embrace. If you can tap into your motivation, I think, Marie, you're right. We have an opportunity to say, where can I get work that does this? But where can I get other human interactions that do this outside of work? And they tend to feed one another. They do. And so my thing was rotary before, actually, Mm. before I had kids and then the kids (laughs) kind of ruined that for a little while. And what you started to feel, and I see a lot of working parents talk about this as well, is we kind of lost our identity outside of being a parent. And maybe we expected, if we were working, we expected work to bring that other part of our identity besides kids. But we also need something else, like that three-legged stool, where you've got work, you've got your family, and then you've got some kind of larger community integration. And that's actually the three levels of purpose Mm -hmm. that the new purpose work is talking about, those three levels of purpose, yourself, kind of your smaller family group, and then your larger community. And yeah, I just really have, we've enjoyed teaching that three levels of purpose in our classes recently, because it seems so particularly applicable right now. I also think we're living in a season where so much is being automated. And if you've ever, um, if you've read some of the work coming out about the new workforce and um, uniquely human skills, that what's left in the workforce is things that at this point only humans can do. And I think we really crave that as so much is automated. So many of the things where we used to get the human touch are now automated. We have to go seek it out. And we can be on Facebook with our friends from high school, but it's not the same as singing in the church choir, right? With that proximity and that synergy, it's so powerful. Yeah, that humanness. And people are starting to go back to in-person events. And when we're resisting that, I I do think we're missing out on something. I wondered if we were. And then I went to my first in-person event um, last April and I was like, oh man, this is better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's better. All right. So, then you had your C. Yeah. So, appreciate and add what your current job, how it feeds your mojo. Balance it out in the rest of your life. And C, this one makes perfect sense. Choose wisely. And even if you're happily employed, and if you're searching, this is going to be a big one for you. Choose work or projects, volunteer opportunities, service opportunities, that feed your motivation. Very often we'll take a a promotion because it's better money, but it turns out the schedule means we don't get to do the things that are really important to us. Or now we're managing all the people who actually are changing lives, but we're really not changing lives anymore. And we sometimes chase the wrong things. 
So choose your work wisely and choose your other opportunities wisely. As we ask, how much time will it take? You know, does it take me the direction I want to go? The sort of list of questions we ask to vet an opportunity. I recommend adding, does it stoke that motivation? And if it doesn't let me create or be with people, does it give more than it takes? Or take more than it gives and really take a look at that balance. Yeah, and that is hard to choose. But as you said, almost at any level, any role, we have that opportunity to choose, whether it's a volunteer activity or an extra thing you can take on with work. I used to coach uh, people that were in the maintenance department at the city. And they had, you know, oh, you could be on the project where for the 4th of July, we're all getting together and figuring this out. And there's still opportunities at any level to get engaged in the bigger picture at your work and see if you meet new people or learn a new skill. Mm. Love it. So when we talk about this, let's just really quickly, any other tips you would give people to find their mojo? Yeah, I would say I, I like when I'm coaching and probably even when I'm working independently in, on my own stuff, I like to start inside out. And especially in this case where there's there's really no wrong answers and we are sometimes, we really think that there are some prescribed better answers. There are times when I will say, you know, what do you love or what drives you? And, and people will literally start recounting their, their current job description. And so, I encourage us to step way outside of our job, way outside even of work and just what gives you energy? For some of us, that's valuable for all of us, but for some of us, it is more challenging. So, the, the second tip I would give is, is maybe to get the Mojo book or to look around and ask what seems to motivate other people, sort of get a list of things that seem to drive people. And is that true of me? Yes or no. You can kind of go outside in and get some perspective. Mm, and I, I, I think it that. makes sense to just get practical about it. What's when one way you can appreciate how your current work. One of the examples I gave in the book is if you're very, if you're highly social, you're drawn to working with people that you enjoy being with. But if someone leaves or you get promoted and now you're, all your relationships with everyone are different, boy, that can really demotivate you in your, in your job. But what about even something as simple as someone in another department, someone who's nearby who you can have lunch with? Is there someone on your commute who just brightens your day? So really look around for the places where you can appreciate. Balance it out in the rest of your life and choose wisely, not just your jobs and your careers, but even those opportunities within your current work and within your current lifestyle as well. Yeah, so this is exciting. How can people get the book? How can they find out more about you? Where should yeah. they go? So we are at worknetsolutions.com. And if you do a back a backsla- backslash mojo, M-O-J-O, you'll get right to the page about the book. We've got a YouTube channel that has a one-minute coaching video on each of the 10 motivational types. You could take a look at that. And uh, we offer some other services. And of course, you can get the book there as well. So start thinking about these really important questions and, and take some permission to choose your work, not just around what you want to do and where, but why personal and powerful. 
I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to say goodbye to Elizabeth and hopefully you'll go to WorkNet Solutions and get the book and take the, the YouTube videos. Those sound like so much fun to watch those. And then we will come back here on the Career Confidant and unpack this a little bit, maybe give you a few other questions you can think about around values and purpose. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And we'll be right back here on the Career Confidant. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you are part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Elizabeth Sanders, Park about how you can get your mojo back. And as she was talking about some of these ideas, we talked about how they kind of align with this idea of your values or your purpose, really understanding what motivates you, what are the what gets you going, as well as what do you need from an organization to align with those. And I was thinking about the five different types of values that we've talked about before, but it's always important to bring these questions back up and really think about how does this fit? So here are five questions that you can ask yourself about why you work. The first one is why do you love your work? And this kind of goes along with what uh, Elizabeth was talking about in terms of what is it about that work that you, that you enjoy the most? What is it that you get out of it intrinsically that, makes you feel good about it, that maybe it gives to you to the other parts of your life. What is it about work that you value? And then what activities do you enjoy? So this is taking it more like surface level, the things that you do at work that you enjoy. 
And what are those, how do those, how do those play into your daily work and trying to separate them out from the environment in which they happen. So if you enjoy teaching, but you're a teacher, so instead of, you know, that you enjoy teaching, what is it about teaching that you enjoy? We enjoy teaching, you enjoy being in front of the room, or you enjoy breaking things down into simpler steps. The more you can dive into that, the easier you'll be able to translate it from one thing to another. And then what is important about where you work? So that environment, and you may have some negatives there that you want to get out first. And then what are the positives? Because both of those are important too, as you choose that next work environment. What interactions are important to you at work? So those relationships, whether you're introverted or extroverted, the relationships that you have at work are important. And what about those and the way that you interact with your fellow workers or your suppliers, the people external to your company, as well as internal, your customers, what is important to you about those interactions? What do you value there? And then the last one is how does work fit with your lifestyle? So are you that person that enjoys the, you know, being on and then being in your life? Are you that person that only works, as Elizabeth said, you know, to, to go to work and you really are feeding the other part of your life? How does, how does that work interact with your life? And when you're asking those questions of yourself, then it's easier to break it down a little bit. What is it about work that motivates you? And then thinking about what motivates you outside of work. So what are those things that you participate in because you, you get to choose to do that? And if you don't have any of those things right now, that might be a red flag, right? And I'm not talking just your family. That may be something that you, you value, most of us do, right? If you've got a family around or friends, whatever that might look like for you. And you do choose those. But what else outside of those do you participate in that you value about yourself? It may even be the activities that you do with your kids, but that you sort of choose with them. Maybe outside of that, church, service clubs, uh, choir, whatever it might be. And why do you value those activities? What is it about those that what, what are you motivated there? Because that's going to help build that picture as well. It's not just internal or external, but also that larger community interaction. And when you're thinking about all of that, I also like to ask people these questions that come from appreciative inquiry. You know, what do you value about yourself most in each of your roles? So as a sibling, as a parent, as a child, as a spouse um, or a friend, what do you value about yourself? What is it that you, you take pride in, in all of those different roles? Because as you look for themes there, you'll often see that this is really what I do value about myself outside of just my professional self. What makes your work fulfilling? What would make it more fulfilling? Or what does it feel like is missing? And then, of course, that value outside of work. What are those activities that you participate in? So that's that value side of things that, that we can key in on and, and really look at what matters to us. And then I talked a little bit about purpose. And, and when I've been thinking about purpose since the very beginning, when I started my business in 2015, I chose my Twitter handle as work with purpose. And the whole idea behind it was that it wasn't something that we go and try to find, but that it was something that we decide to show up with every day. And when we do that, when we make it a verb instead of a noun, so something that we do instead of something that we try to find, then we have more control over it. But we also can break it down a little bit more and got three areas. And I talked about these briefly with Elizabeth, 
that we've got our personal purpose. What are we doing to grow ourselves? What is it that motivates us kind of that intrinsically? What is it that we want to do with our life? And those are big questions. And as Elizabeth said, sometimes people start there and sometimes they need to look outside a little bit and see what other people are doing or what seems to drive other people. And I can start looking at that and figuring out, do some of those also fit with me or how might I just adjust them to make it fit better? Then we have that social purpose, which is more our kind of one-to-one relationships, the people not just at work, but in our family, our friends, any kind of other activities that we participate in. And in what ways are we building those one-to-one relationships? And for like our introverted colleagues, that may be a little bit easier, but COVID has made it more challenging. How can we make sure that we're still doing that? For our extroverted colleagues, sometimes I see those colleagues struggling a little bit because they have a group, but they don't really have that depth of relationship with anyone. And again, COVID and virtual work has made that more challenging. How can I get more of that one-to-one relationship back into my life at work and outside of work? Because that's going to help create purpose for me where I can impact someone else's life. And I really feel the impact of other people in my life that connection. Um, We just went to visit a family member yesterday and it's, you know, kind of a removed thing. It's an ex-girlfriend of somebody and we still go and and be with this person very frequently because they are really good at this and they, they maintain that relationship and we've maintained it back. And with my children, this person is just, you know, it's, they consider her to be an aunt, even though it's, they don't really understand what that means but they know that that person loves them. And those relationships, those attachments are so important for our purpose because we get to talk about things with those people that we don't talk about with anyone else. And when we've let some of that go, we can struggle with the other areas of purpose because we're really struggling there and maybe forget how loved and important we are, not just perhaps at work, but outside of work. And if we're not feeling that inside of work, the outside of work relationships can help both get kind of our mojo back in the work relationships, but also help balance that out. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the bigger society comp- contribution. And this is a way that looks different for each of us, but it is an important part of our purpose. How do I fit within a bigger group? So that's the one to many. If the level two is kind of one to one, this is that one to many. How do I participate in and bring value to and also get value from that larger group in my society? Most of us want to make a difference in the world in some way. And if we haven't connected purposefully to something that helps us see that, we may be struggling. And perhaps some of the virtualization of things have made this confusing where we think, oh, I'm part of this, you know, political campaign or whatever, but it's not really that sense of belonging and and that sense of connection and community as it would be if we went in person, if we participated in those things, if we really got to know other people in that group and feel like we're contributing to that at a little bit deeper level. So I put those two things together where we've got our values. What is it that we really care about for ourselves? What motivates us in our life and in our work? And then purpose, and they go, you know, hand in hand when we're thinking about that purpose. And what does that look like for us in terms of what we want to learn and what we want to get out of life? 
in our relationships and the connections that we make with people individually and how do we maintain those and build on those. And then that bigger, larger community connection. What is it that maybe you used to have in that area that you've let go? And what could you do to get it back in some way participating in that community? And I'd encourage you to find a way to do that in person, even if it's just once a month so that you can build those connections and that sense of belonging in a little bit different way than we do when we're online and everything feels a little bit more surface level. And as Elizabeth was talking about, when we find those areas, she was talking about the ABCs as they uh, apply to a job. I would, was also thinking about applying those ABCs to your life. So we might look at that ABC connected to my job and then those ABCs connected to my life. What do I need to appreciate that maybe I've been taking for granted or those things that I used to appreciate that now I'm, I'm tired of, that balance in, in my life and in my work and in my life, you know, those one-to-one relationships and balancing that with some kind of community activity and then that choosing wisely. Am I choosing the people in my life wisely? Am I choosing the activities in my life wisely? Am I choosing to use my time outside of work in a way that really builds value for me and and makes me feel good about what I'm doing and what I'm doing in my life and my work. So I was thinking as she was talking about those ABCs from the, the Mojo book that we could apply those to work, but we might also want to apply them to life. And are there areas that uh, I'm looking for work to bring to my life that actually would be good for me to just reevaluate in life itself? So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, go through some of the steps that she shared as well and some of the resources that you can use if you want to dive a little bit deeper into your values and purpose to find your mojo. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. (laughs) 
Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler hits on topics every week that affect small business owners across this country. They provide insights that show entrepreneurs how to reduce stress, wear fewer hats, and work shorter hours. Take your business from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking all about getting your mojo back and finding that balance in your life and work. And we were talking with Elizabeth Sanders Park. I'd recommend you check out her her book, The The Mojo for Getting Your Your Mojo Back at Work, and really thinking about how that applies to life and to work. How are we going to do that that balance? And this may sound like it's something that is for people that, you know, have a certain level of job. But I got to tell you, I mean, Elizabeth's first book was No One's Unemployable. She started her career working with people that were entry-level careers, people who had been incarcerated, um, people that were struggling to find work, been in the welfare system. And so that's where she got her start and helping all of us, but starting in her career with that, those populations, really thinking about why do you work? Because not everyone wants to work, right? And not everyone has that um, picture of, of work that we might have if we have always enjoyed what we've done or if we grew up knowing that it was important to, to work hard. And as Elizabeth said today, the, the younger generation is really challenging that idea that work has to be about life, that life has to be about work, that we maybe even necessarily have to work to make money. There are much other, there are many other ways that people are, are trading, they're investing, they're doing creative things. Of course, it's still work, but it looks different. And so there's many different ways today to build a life, to build an income. And we've got to figure out what's motivating us so that no matter what we do, we can show up and get the outcomes that we want from work to add to our life. And that's really what this is all about, that no matter what level or type of job or creative activity you've got going on right now to fill the income bucket, we all have to figure out what it is that makes us tick, that get, that drink, brings us along and makes us wanna do whatever we're gonna get up and do every day for work and in life. And so thinking about what is it that gets you up? What is it that you want to do with your time and more general sense? as Elizabeth started there, and then thinking about what does that mean for work in general? What motivates you to do work? And maybe we don't even want to use the word work, but maybe it's do whatever it is that you you do, right? Whether that's um, coaching or work or volunteering, what is it that motivates you to choose that specific type of job? And really thinking about those motivations, maybe even in the past, what has motivated you what has been good about those motivations and what maybe hasn't worked out about those motivations. 
if it was to do something for someone else, or maybe it was about the money in the past. And now you figured out that that's wasn't the best fit for you. Or maybe it was the opposite where you were choosing work to fulfill your passion. And now you've realized that you need to do a little shift and think about the monetary. And again, not one being any better than the other, but just that our motivations shift over time. And if we're not connected to that, it can make it a little bit of our chasing your tail to find the items that are going to add value to your life and to your work. So when we think about what really does add that value, that's where we get into the the purpose part and starting with that personal purpose, as Elizabeth talked about, starting from the inside out, what is it that you want to add to your skill set or your interests or, or to your life? And that might be a bigger set of goals that you're thinking about for your life. And when I first started doing this work, so it was like in 20, I don't know, 2012, 2013, I took the personal branding class. And one of the activities that we do in that personal branding class is to write a headline about yourself in the future tense. So this is something you're going to write it as if it's happened. Doesn't matter what time frame you choose, right? But just write that future self goal. And the goal that I wrote for myself way back when was, you know, Marie Zimanoff headlining this conference in Asia. That was one of the things I wanted to do. I wanted to travel. I wanted to speak. And what was that going to look like? I had no idea, but you didn't have to know. It was just the headline. Now, next year in 2023, I will be speaking in the Middle East. Uh, so not maybe quite there, but in the Middle East and headlining a conference. And that started me thinking like, what's next, right? Once, once you reach that goal, what's next? And maybe that's part of why some of us have lost our mojo too, is that we've accomplished something we've set out to do. And now what is next? What is that going to look like? Um, not in that kind of hamster wheel churn of what's next, but that once we do reach a big goal, what does that mean for who we are and who we're becoming and, and what we want to do next? And what does that look like? And how do we make that next step just as fulfilling as this last one might have been? And then thinking about when we set those goals, that that is giving our brand direction. So if I've got a purpose, that purpose is every day. That purpose isn't chasing that big goal because when our purpose becomes to chase that big goal, we're going to lose our motivation quite quickly, especially if it's a big goal and it takes time to get there. So the purpose is showing up and doing what you do every day, make those relationships, add the value that you can add every day, of course, working towards that bigger goal that you want and that bigger goal that you have set for yourself that's providing that direction. You also want that to be flexible because we never know what will come up and how we'll get there. And if I would have said no to some speaking engagements I've had along the way because they weren't that speaking engagement, right, then I may never have gotten to where I wanted to go because I was too focused on where I want to go, which is kind of counterintuitive. But you're thinking about how you can put all of those pieces together and really move towards that purpose in a, in, in a way that is acting it out as a verb, not as a destination, right? And when we do that and we think about how all those pieces come together, then we're not only fulfilled when we reach the goal, but we're fulfilled every day as we walk the path towards that goal. And my goal, you know, may be way different than yours. So let's like think about someone else's different goal. Let's say that you want to move up in your organization. And right now, as I said, I was doing some coaching with people that were in the maintenance crew at the city. 
they want to move up within their organization or maybe even move to a different field. So I worked with one gentleman once who was just struggling because the field that he was in charge of, the area, the geographic area he was in charge of with the city was a disaster. Like everything was broken. It was just a constant problem child. And the goal was to move to a new area within the organization. But every time something was open, someone else got the job. And so we talked about how could he, and it it did happen to be a he, how could he build a relationship with some of these other departments? So next time there was an opening, they would already know, like, and trust him. And that, as I was talking with Elizabeth, was the person that got on to the 4th of July event committee where you volunteer and it wasn't too much time outside of work, right? It was some committee meetings inside of the regular work day and then some additional activities on the, on the day, the 4th of July, getting those relationships, sitting down at the larger table with people from across the different geographic areas and departments. Now he had the relationships. So the next time a position was open, it was him. Now it wasn't actually a move to another geographic area that he thought it would be. It was a move into the main maintenance area where they maintained some of the city buildings and grounds. So it wasn't what he envisioned, but because he had that purpose and that move, and this is what he liked to do, right? He liked to maintain things and didn't mind problem solving, but it was that constant drag of everything being wrong, everything going wrong that just wasn't working for his daily work and life. And it felt out of purpose for him because he never got to see that completion of something being used well by the individuals that in the city that wanted to use it. New place, new purpose, but same, same purpose, new purpose, but same purpose, right? Still showing up the same person every day, living out those actions, but now having a different place to engage that purpose, new relationships to engage with. And because they had joined the larger group of the 4th of July committee, also had opportunities to join other larger committees and and groups within the city and get connected to that kind of bigger community purpose, even though it was still inside the organization. So when you've got that purpose of this is what I like to do, these are the types of problems I like to solve, this is the way I like to add value to the world, Then you can figure out, does this next opportunity fit for that or not? And how do I position myself to get more of those things that I do want? And perhaps a little bit less of the things I don't, although we know that some of those will come with every type of work that we might do. How do I move myself into something that's a little bit better fit? And whether you do it through, you know, the the process that Elizabeth was talking about, I love the mojo, I'm going to go check out our videos on the 10 motivational types, or you do it through, you know, we've got a group of certified personal brand strategists, that this is what they do with people, help them figure out their values, their purpose, the skills they want to use, all of those aspects. It's really diving deep first, understanding who you are, what you love to do outside of work, at work who you like to engage with, and then how you want to bring that value to everything that you do inside of work and outside of work. And when we take the time to figure that out, no matter what salary level or types of position we're in, it helps us show up better and maybe find something that is a better fit for us if it looks like traditional work or not. So I look forward to seeing you back here on Career uh, Career Confidant again next week. We will have another great guest and always excited to hear your ideas or your questions 
As you listen to the shows, please let me know your thoughts. Love to bring on the topics and speakers that you're interested in. We'll see you next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.